0: Brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bull hunting product information
1: and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by... Exodus trail cameras if you haven't already go check out exodusoutdoorgear.com for some badass trail cameras. Point blank awesome trail cameras except when they get stolen by some dumb shit that anyway that that would just put me off on a tangent off on a wormhole that I don't want to go down today because this podcast is all about positivity and we're joined by Justin czar and this podcast is recorded uh him just getting out of the timber heading back home after his hunt. It's a fairly short podcast and uh basically this is just a a reminder of things that you should be doing right now if you're struggling or if your hit list bucks aren't showing up or if you can't find you know the quality of deer or you're just having a rough hunt this is basically a a rut reminders podcast and uh, we're doing it today with returning guest Justin Czar Um, you know it's that time of year when sometimes we can get really frustrated Uh, the deer that we're after isn't showing up we start to get tired right because uh, um, I've been lucky the past three years to where I've only had to hunt you know, you know, at least four days, three or four, or five days into my rut vacation, and not had to jump into you know one of those sixteen day, twenty day grinds. I haven't had to do that for uh, several years, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. However, uh, there's a lot of guys out there right now who are telling me, "Dude, uh, the deer that I, I'm playing cat and mouse with them. I'm struggling. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting tired." all those things and I'll tell you this this one thing we didn't t- talk about on the podcast would you rather be at work uh, and I'll tell you right now the answer is no and uh, you should be this is the moment that we we wait for all year long and uh, so take advantage of it because even though um, you know whether you're sitting all day or it's cold or the deer aren't showing up once the season's over you got to wait X amount of Months and days and minutes and seconds until opening season the following year, and um, uh, so take advantage of the time that you have right now. So, uh, today's podcast. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity, uh, please go check out Ozonics right Ozonicshunting.com. and I I'll tell you this. <laughs> you should if you haven't looked into an ozonics you need to it it's multifunction right not only does it, it do a really good job of killing the scent on your clothes after a hunt let's say like in a dry wash bag the other the other thing that you need to do is take just if you have a buddy that has one take one with you and test it all I'm going to say is the buck I shot this year there is a very very good chance that he walked through my scent stream and I had an Ozonix in the tree Uh, he walked through my scent stream uh, to get to where I was at and maybe he did, maybe he didn't but I'm glad I had one in the tree that allowed me you know That just in case, right? Just in case he did, I had something there to where uh, he didn't bust me, and he kept coming in. So you need to try it, right? So go to OzonicsHunting.com, and uh, if you purchase one of the units, you'll also get a dry wash bag for free. So go to go to OzonicsHunting.com, put the unit, one of the units, in the cart, check out and you will get a dry wash bag for free when you enter the discount code 9FC18. That's the discount code. All right, enough horn out. Let's get to today's podcast with our our uh, friend of the podcast, Justin Czar. All right, once again, we are joined by Mr. Justin Czar. How you doing, man?
1: I'm tired, but I'm doing well. How are you, buddy?
0: You know, I'm, uh, I'm in that that good that I'm in that good position where I'm tagged out, but I miss the rut. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really witness a rut this year.
1: I have to say this has been one of the better ruts I've seen. I mean, I have seen a crap ton of good rutting activity, both good and bad. That's good because you uh, tend to see a lot of deer bad because they tend to be running around and not, cooperating right and not wanting to stop or respond to calling but man it's been uh it's been a really good rut so far
0: and the area that I hunt in Iowa um and everybody that I've talked to said that it was dead it was dead it was dead and then somebody flipped a switch and the entire southeast Iowa where I'm at just went bananas just like I don't know if it was that the end of that rainstorm that like we had multiple days of rain in a row and then that kind of went that front pushed out and everybody I'm talking to now because I'm I'm still interested in what people are doing uh, out you know out in the timber what they're seeing how sure. they're doing uh, and they're just telling me dude it, it it's on and you know like yeah. every time somebody rattles or snort wheezes or grunts deer are just bulldozing like nascar speed into their setups so
1: yeah i haven't had that experience yet i uh haven't had a lot of responses to calling but one thing i have noticed this this year is i'm hearing other deer be much more vocal than usual awesome uh, almost ev- almost every buck i see is grunting Like I, I would say 50% of the bucks that I'm seeing, I hear them grunting before I actually lay eyes on them, which is relatively unusual. I mean, it's not totally uncommon to hear deer grunt, but I mean, this is like every buck I see that's two years old or older seems to be just running around grunting out of their minds. So uh, that's crazy. Really good.
0: That's crazy, and that's I love that when you can hear a, a deer vocalize, man. That is that's something. That's actually very rare
1: yeah well that's the thing i usually hear one or two a year i mean i bet i heard a half dozen bucks just this weekend grunting uh i've heard a couple do the if you want to call it the roar or the growl uh which typically it's like when they're when they're on does is when i hear them doing that they're pushing does around some thickets and that's i've been hearing that uh, a couple times this weekend actually actually yesterday not so much today right um but yeah it's been uh it's definitely been one of the better ruts and i think you're right i think just the weather has been perfect for it you know we had some fronts move out you know super cold temperatures high pressure like you really all things considered couldn't ask for better you know temperature the last time of year it's just been awesome
0: right i agree i agree all right so Here's what I'm thinking on this podcast. Um, I want to talk about specific, like a caliber deer, or at least your goals, right? Because I'm I'm talking to a lot of people who. Um, and I'm I'm talking about Iowa. This isn't relatable probably for the re- a lot of the nation. But The rest of the world. Yeah, but you can take side of Iowa, right? But you can take the principles, right? If your goal is a sure. a four year old, or if your goal is a three year old, or a two year old, or a one twenty, or whatever your goal is, what you should be doing to accomplish that. Because I've talked to a lot of guys in this area, and the big boys a are nocturnal still b they're you know somewhere else they're not on the farm or c they're with a doe and they're just not you yeah. know every time they see them they're with a doe and they can't do anything to either get them closer or you know hey it's the rut maybe i'll change my stand but the next day obviously they're gone doing something else somewhere yeah. else right so I
1: agree.
0: so you shot when did you shoot your first buck
1: uh, October 28th. Okay. October.
0: Yeah. October 28th. Now, since then, what, what would you say you've been doing from a strategy standpoint, you know, between then and I know that's a long time, uh, between then and right now, what have you been doing? Do you have a, a system in place
1: Hell no. I just wing it, man. (laughs) 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 Too many... You know what? I think hunting has become such an analytical thing for so many people. Like, I know guys that have spreadsheets of all their stand locations and wind directions and cross-reference to trail camera data and, oh, my God, it's enough to make your head explode. Uh, You know, for me, the last uh, week or so of October, I just like being... Um, in those areas that I feel like are getting close to doe bedding areas and, or food sources where does are going to be at because uh, I feel like those bucks are finally just starting to go look for does that last week of October uh, and that's what was happening the night that I shot my deer uh, he was cruising pretty hard looking for does he was actually grunting quite a bit as well uh, that night since then when it comes to the rut like this time of year i am just a big fan of travel corridors pinch points that's kind of my thing none of the the farms that i hunt on have really good pack sources like good food that i can really hunt so for me i'm just like keying in on, on travel corridors trying to catch one of these bucks you know as they're cruising cruising through
0: Gotcha. And so would you say as far as terrain features, that is your, like a pinch point or a travel corridor would be your go-to spot this time of year if you don't, I don't, if you don't have something pegged or you don't have something uh, on trail camera that makes you want to, you know, go somewhere else?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. The thing with, for me anyway, is like, I love hunting pinch points because we're bow hunting and we need to get these stupid deer close enough to shoot, you know, and by very definition, a pinch point or a funnel should bring a deer, you know, hopefully within bow range. I like pinch points and funnels, like all the time, like every where I hunt, even if I'm on a food source, I try to be in an area of that food source that maybe is going to funnel or channel deer movement. So, you know, I'm always trying to hunt some sort of feature You know, it's very different, the terrain between the two pieces of property that I hunt. The stuff that's close to home, which is more of the northeast part of Illinois, is very flat. There really is almost no terrain features to speak of. And then where I'm driving home from right now is in far northwestern Illinois, almost getting into the Mississippi River. So it's a lot of the bluff country, probably similar to what you guys have. So it's a lot of terrain and elevation. So two totally different types of kind of funnels or pitch points, you know, depending on, on the terrain. So, um, you know, the other thing too, at this time of year, at least from what I've always noticed come November doe bedding areas, like you just want to be where the does are at. If you've got does, you're going to have bucks, you know, And, and a lot of people that get frustrated early in October and through a lot of October where they're not seeing bucks because all they're seeing is does like they've got the hot areas right now. Yeah. A buddy of mine, Matt has a, like he owns like 10 acres and it's a little dough factory and he doesn't even see a buck on camera at all until like the 20th of October. And now here in the last two weeks, he's had probably three or four different shooters cruising through his 10 acre piece. Wow. All looking for does. And a lot of them in daylight. Whereas those, those bucks are nowhere to be found all summer and all of early fall. So Dough, good dough concentrations is where you want to key in on.
0: Right, yeah. So this this whole time, right? Everybody kind of, I I almost envy the guys who go in and wing it, and they go in and they don't really have a uh, a, a quote unquote standard that they're after. Right? They they'll shoot. You know, I don't want to say it's they're brown and down, but. They don't have like a hit list. They don't have an age class or maybe an antler size that they're really after. They're just going out enjoying themselves and hunting. So for me, yep. and I'm in sh- and, and you, you have a standard, right? I doubt, I doubt you're gonna shoot a, a one or two year old uh,
1: this well, year. Well, you know, Dan, a lot of people say standards are nothing but limitations, my friend. <laughs> so. I mean, I have some standards, and I think it depends on the farm that I'm hunting on. You know, the deer that I shot uh, in October was a three-year-old, which you know I'm not a huge fan of shooting three-year-olds at this point in my life. But on that particular farm, we just can't seem to grow four-year-old or older deer. We rarely see deer that make it to four, uh, and when they do, they usually get shot by a neighbor, hit by a car. Disappear, don't live on the farm. Uh, so it's one of those spots where it's like, you know, we put a lot of time and effort and energy into, you know, hanging scant, uh, stands and scouting and tree stands and trying to do a little bit of food plotting and trail cameras and all this damn work. And for what? And never shoot anything there. So, you know, we kind of decided, and when I say we, I mean me and my buddy Mike that I hunt with, like we kind of just decided if there's a good three year old that comes by you and gets the heart racing and you feel like shooting it have at it yeah you know so and that's what i did you know i killed a nice buck it was a cool hunt it was a fun hunt uh deer was grunting and chasing around like a madman and i hadn't i haven't shot a buck on that farm in probably six or seven years so i decided to hell with it i'm shooting something <laughs> finally so i shot him and i'm very happy with that deer uh the farm that i'm hunting the last couple days that i'm driving home from Uh, we have a different set of standards out there. There's a lot more uh, older age class deer and bigger deer on that farm, so we're not shooting three-year-olds on that one. I mean, if we wanted to, I suppose we could. I mean, nobody's going to stop you, but knowing that there's a significant amount of older age class deer makes it a lot easier to pass those younger ones. Right. So yeah, this farm here um, is pretty much four years or, or older is what we'd like to
0: shoot. Gotcha. All right. So, four years or older, that's kind of a goal for this particular farm that you're just on. So, have you seen a four year old or older? And if not, what are you doing to put yourself in, into a position to, you know, get, a, I guess, an encounter with something of that standard? Uh, well, first, have I
1: seen one? i might have on thursday morning i hunted uh i saw a giant bodied deer that looked like a steer going through the woods um but i think it might have been this really old ancient like 300 pound deer we have that has about an 80 inch rack uh i think it might have been him and he's not a deer i want to shoot so i can't say i've seen a deer that i wanted to shoot i've seen a lot of two and three year olds um to answer the question of how what am I doing to try to get into a position to kill one of those deer? Uh, probably calling in sick this week and going hunting <laughs> <more>. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, this time of year, I mean, it's such a damn crapshoot. I mean, it's a hundred acre farm, right? right? I mean, it's not huge by any means. We've got, we've been hunting it for a long time. We know what the travel patterns are. They're pretty much the same every year. We know where the doe's bed. Um, <clears throat> we've got five or six stands on that hundred acres that are already set and we're just bouncing between those stands based on wind direction. And I guess a flip of the coin on where we feel like hunting that day. Um, you know, Mike and I both hunted yesterday. Uh, he saw, I believe at last count, it was either 15 or 17 different bucks in one day, uh, including, I think he saw for sure three, maybe four, uh of our shooters that we would say four years old or older obviously he must have had a hot doe or multiple hot does in his area so i mean we're both on the same farm it's 100 acres i'm not that far away from him i didn't see any of the deer that he saw and he didn't see any of the deer that i saw right so it's kind of just uh, sometimes it's just a freaking crapshoot man you know you just you know the difference that one ridge can make is is amazing right so sometimes it's all about just being in the right place at the right time I know our stands are in good spots you know as long as we get the right wind and we get in there you know I I feel like any one of those stands has just as good of an opportunity at at putting you in position to kill a good deer as any of the other stands on the property you know it's just a matter of which one did I pick that day
0: right so at least whether it's you a hunting buddy or trail camera data it sounds like you guys are you have, you have information that says that you're not necessarily wasting your time, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're getting trail camera pictures and videos of, of these deer. As I said, Mike saw a bunch of them yesterday. And, and I mean, to, to my point, uh, one of the deer we're hunting out there is a big four-year-old eight-point, super wide. The deer's got to be 260, 275 pounds on the hook. He's huge. And uh, Mike saw him yesterday tenning a doe. On the far, uh, I guess it would be the west side of our farm. Tonight, Mike went and hunted the far east side of the farm, which is where I was at yesterday. Saw that deer tonight from the stand I was in yesterday. He was just on the other side of the farm tonight. So we're in the money. We're in the mix. I mean, there's deer all over the place, chasing and grunting and whatnot. It's just a matter of right place at the right time, you know.
0: Right. All right, so here's the question I have for you, and I'll, I'll probably throw in my two cents, depending on what what you say. This is a hypothetical. What would you be doing right now on this on this farm if you did not ha- if the target bucks were not on trail camera, you weren't seeing any quote unquote rut activity from the tree stands, and you know, do you, would you change your standard? Or would you just continue to grind it out until hopefully, you know, a deer from another farm came walking in? What what would you do to ch- maybe even change your strategy? You're saying,
1: so, so you're saying if I had zero pictures of any deer that I wanted to shoot on this farm?
0: Yeah, let's say, you're, you know, your standard's a four, four-year-old, but all you were getting were maybe one, two, maybe an occasional three uh, on trail camera, no sightings, and no trail camera data.
1: Is the option to just go hunt somewhere else an option? Yeah. I've done that in the past. Yeah, that's
0: that's definitely an option.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not there. They're not there. I mean, yeah, there's always the hope that something's going to show up. Uh, To be honest with you, I'm I'm lucky enough to have three different farms to hunt. Now, uh, all of the farms that I hunt, we have gentlemen's agreements with all the people that hunt them, that they are one buck per person per farm. Right. Uh, so like the, the deer that I already shot was close to home. So I'm, I'm done there for the year. I'm not, I don't get to shoot another buck. That's our agreement. So, but I'm fortunate enough to have two other farms to hunt. So if one of them's not producing any quality of deer, then I'll just focus on the other one. Right. Uh, If neither one are producing deer, uh, I'd go hunt some public land, to be honest with you. Uh, it's something I want to do more of in the future is some public hunting. But I've just got a little bit too much time and and more specifically money tied up in the leases this year to get me to leave them to go do the public thing. Um, But it's definitely something I'd like to do more of next year. So, yeah, I mean, if I, and my standard on public may be different, right? Because you don't have trail cameras, you don't have history, you don't have anything. The deer comes walking through, and it, you know, to use the, the saying from one of the guys on my team, like if it gets your knees shaking when it's walking in, you shoot it. You don't care what's on its head or how old it is right so that's probably what i would do
0: okay now even narrowing it down i want to i want to focus on this 100 acre piece if you're not seeing a four-year-old you're not you don't have any trail camera pictures of your target deer or any hit listers but this 100 acres is the only option you have let's say um there's i don't know Public land's too far away or it's overrun or whatever. Let's just take public land out of the out of the equation. What are what are you doing? This is my
1: only place to go.
0: This is your only place to go.
1: Well, I don't know that I'm doing anything different. I just go on. I mean but your standards have to be different. I think that goes back to my point of my buck that I shot earlier this year. Like maybe you just need to adjust your standards. If you're not getting, you know, if my standard was a 200-inch deer every year and I and I never get pictures of a 200 anywhere, well, what the hell's the point of even going hunting if they're right. not there? So, I mean, yeah, maybe my standard becomes, you know what, I'm just going to shoot a three-year-old. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go have fun. Right. Or, you know, this particular farm, again, I've got years of trail camera data and history of hunting it. I know that some stragglers are going to move through at some point deer that I haven't seen before. It happens every single year. We get some pictures, you know, it's connected to enough other pieces and enough timber to to get some deer that run through it. So maybe I just keep hunting and hold out hope that I run into a a bonus buck, so to speak. And then if that doesn't happen by late season, then you make the call of whether or not you're just going to Eat, eat your tag for the year or shoot a lesser quality deer and just be happy with it right or just pile, up, pile up a bunch of does maybe have some fun
0: what uh on a, on a on an average year let's say this year what is your what's the breaking point on whether you say okay i'm going i'm not gonna there's I'm having trouble killing a four year old. I'm going to drop down to a three year old. Switching your standards versus eating your tag. What's that tipping point for you?
1: It would probably be a couple years of eating a tag. You know, I've eaten plenty of tags in my life, so I'm okay with not shooting a buck, you know, for a year or two. But I mean, you start getting maybe that third year and trigger finger gets a little itchy yeah so maybe by that third year but yeah i'm i'm okay with eating a tag for a year or two that's no big deal
0: yeah so you know as long
1: as i I mean maybe shooting shooting a couple does for some meat and still being able to harvest some some deer kill some deer you know kind of take the edge off a little bit
0: right so do you think that and i know this is this is such a dumb question but i am going to ask it cuz it just popped into my head and i want to know i want to get your thoughts on it for a guy who i don't know does love to kill right he wants he loves to kill a deer every year and he's on a roll even 3 4 uh 4 years in a row of killing a a 3 year old or or whatever you know he, he's out for a, a bigger than last year buck. That bigger than last year buck doesn't show up, and he shoots something that he's shot the past five years. Is there any is there any reason why this guy maybe should try eating a tag one year?
1: I mean, not if he doesn't want to. Right. I mean, if he's happy with it. I mean, hunting such a personal thing. Like, I don't care. You know, somebody, yeah, when I shot that, that buck a couple weeks ago, I was, Having a conversation with a couple of guys on our team, we got a group text, and I was like, you know, because some of these guys wouldn't shoot the deer that I shot, you know, but they also live in areas that produce bigger deer more consistently, and right. you know, whatever the case, may be. it's just different, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But I said, man, I'm gonna keep shooting 130s till the till my tags run out. <laughs> you know, I still like shooting 130s. Some people don't. Right. And if some guy out there, you know, yeah, we always aspire to bigger and better, and we want to shoot four and five year old deer. And, you know, maybe he goes out at the beginning of the year with high hopes and intentions that that's going to happen, but it doesn't happen. And a 135 inch three year old walks by and he whacks it and he's happy. Well, good for him, man. 130s till the tags run out, Dan.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I'm game for that. Uh, so, question. Uh, another question is, we've we've got some guys I've talked to who have been hunting every single day. I'm not joking. They've they've hunted every single day since uh, October 25th, right? So they've they've got some tree stand time in already, and uh, that wears
1: that wears you out.
0: Yeah, and there's and I can hear it in their voice, and their text messages are just shorter and to the point. They're less descriptive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yes. For the guy out there who's maybe suffering that as well, what's something that, you know, we, we could tell them to keep them motivated uh, for, you know, the rest of the archery season or, or before the gun season gets here or, or whatever?
1: Sure. You know what? I don't think it's anything that they don't already know, but it's just that everything can turn around in 30 seconds you know, 30 seconds can be the difference between sitting in your stand thinking this sucks, I'm cold, I should go home, and shooting the biggest buck of your life, Yeah. you know, and I'll give you an example of that, I mean, Todd Graf has been hunting hard, like, he hunts as hard or harder than anybody I know, he's one of those guys that just grinds every day, constantly moving properties, moving stands, hanging stands, doing this, doing that, and Last Friday, so that was what, the 9th, he was texting me at like yeah, 9.30 maybe, 10 o'clock in the morning. And he was like, he's telling me like, I'm getting to the point where I'm about ready to just say hunting sucks. Why do we do this to ourselves? You know? Right. And, and I'm, you know, I was at the office, you know, at my desk and I'm texting him back. And, you know, when your friends text you, you'd, you'd be supportive. And you're like, dude, just hang in there. You know, and I actually told him, I said, dude, get down, go home, take a shower, take a little nap, recharge all your batteries, go out for a fresh afternoon hunt." Like you just, yeah. sometimes you wear yourself down and 15 minutes later he calls me and I'm thinking he's calling to tell me like, oh dude, this sucks. I'm taking your advice. I'm going home. And he calls me. He's like, oh, I just shot one. I just shot a really nice 10 pointer. Uh, and that was, it was in the span of just a couple minutes. Of yeah. him literally telling me like "f hunting, this sucks." <laughs> what the hell am I doing out here? I just shot a nice buck, you know. And that's happened to so many of us. And right. it's and sometimes it's hard to remember that when you're just when you're in the grind. Yeah. And you're sitting there on your phone when you shouldn't be, and you're flipping through Facebook or Instagram, and it seems like every dude in the world's killing deer except you, you know. And it's easy to get. In that mindset, but man, especially this time of year, thirty seconds is all it takes to change your whole season.
0: Right, and I'll I'll elaborate on that just a little bit too because there are times and years, uh, and like I said to you uh, before, uh, I I don't even know if we were recording yet, but you know, I've been lucky to tag out somewhat early. The past three years, like within that first four days of my my quote unquote rutcation. and right. so so I I haven't had to do the sixteen day grind out yet or the twenty day grind out and I haven't had to do that in a handful of years, and um, I know what it's like, and to those guys out there who are who are just like almost zombies right now don't be afraid to sleep in a morning and just, yeah. And like, I, like you said, recharge your batteries because once you lose confidence and all that and you get tired and I don't know, go, go to Taco Bell or your favorite restaurant, pig out one night after, after the hunt, go the next morning, have or stay up a little later, have a couple beers, flip a movie on or whatever, something that makes you laugh, get a, uh, sleep in that next morning and like you said a good shower get get into a fresh stand maybe do a run and gun and and just that something that simple It like for me in the past has worked really well when you're just you know you haven't been seeing what you want to shoot uh maybe you're, you're on public land and and guys are walking in on you or, uh, I, or I don't know, you miss a giant one day and it just, it just messes with your head or, or whatever.
1: Um, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta hit that reset button. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's what it is. I mean, take all your gear, get everything washed, you know, shoot your bow, take a day off, take an afternoon off, Yeah. you know, hang out with your family, whatever, like you said, Go out, take the wife to dinner, sleep in one morning and, and start fresh. Start with that clean slate. I mean, it definitely will do wonders. I mean, this is the time of the year when I've always joked that I I look forward to the weekdays a little bit because I get to sleep in when I go to work. I don't have to get up till I don't have to get up till six thirty to go to work, whereas I'm getting up at four o'clock to go get in a tree stand. So, it is a freaking grind. There's no question about that. And I am looking forward to sleeping in a little bit tomorrow. Although, I'm probably going to sleep in until about 5 and go to the gym before work. I need to work off some of the horrible calories I've been eating in the tree <laughs> stand the last couple. I feel so guilty. My God.
0: What's your What's your terrible. go-to snack?
1: You know, the apples still my go-to, but I didn't have any this weekend. It was terrible. I was eating like... I made myself a nice peanut butter and honey sandwich, which I just am a big fan of. And I brought that yesterday, but then today I just had to go to Casey's and load up a junk food this morning. Yeah. So I was eating like Rice Krispie Treats and some, you know what I did that's just god awful? I bought a freaking sub sandwich at Casey's this morning, and I forgot to get condiments for it. Oh. So just eating a dry piece of bread with <laughs> ham and cheese on it's just like the worst. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, "This is terrible," but I was hungry. And it's I sat o- it's all almost day, as worse. So, it's almost just so as bad as starving. It almost is, but yeah. thankfully, I had a big uh, thermos full of coffee that I brought, which is the greatest thing ever. Oh boy! Especially on these all-day sits, like a giant thermos. I got one of those Yeti bottles. Yeah. And I load yeah. that thing up with coffee, and it literally stays. I mean not piping hot but I mean it's warm I mean I finished it at like two in the afternoon and it was still warm and I was yeah. drinking it. and there's just nothing better <laughs> than warm coffee when you're in a, a cold day sit in a tree stand
0: I tell you what man I don't number one like to sit all day so I typically don't number two um I can't drink coffee before a morning hunt Because if I do, then I get the tummy, the tummy, Gotta go
1: drop a deuce at the bottom of the tree, Dan, just dig out a little hole with your heel, cover it up when you're done. You'll be fine.
0: Get out of the tree. What are you talking
1: about? Oh, you're just going to, you're just going to sky dump right from the stand?
0: I've been sky dumping for years.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: Oh, dude. I've never
1: met anybody that actually does it. Dude.
0: Why would you get all the way down? What happens if a deer comes through? I usually
1: go over and like next, I dig out a little area and I do my business and then I cover it up. I'm like a cat. No. Cover it up when I'm done.
0: Nah. That's a waste of my time. (laughs) So. I'm
1: impressed. Well, well, fine then. The next time the need arises, I will think of Dan. Yeah. As I'm hanging my butt over the side of my tree stand you know I thought one of those tree saddles would be really good for sky dumping. Yeah, that's like one of the things that everybody's into these days it's really cool to hunt out of a saddle so yeah. I thought that would be a cool cool thing to do
0: <laughs> um, so another thing is, is I don't like I bring maybe a granola bar with me and I, I, I just go calorie deficient which is probably bad for you almost the entire day and then at night, I'm like a vacuum, like out. just yeah. what I, I'm eating thousands of calories in the, I don't know. I just don't like to be full or sleepy in the tree stand. And I feel like when I eat, then I get full and I get sleepy and then I'm, yeah. I'm dozing off. And if I'm, if I'm I don't, just hungry, I, don't
1: really pick out. I find that the colder it is, the less I want to eat. Because the less I want to move or take my hands out of my hand muff to do anything, including eating. So yesterday was freaking freezing. I didn't eat a whole lot. But I bring those, uh, God, I think like Nature Valley or something. These little almond butter biscuit cracker things. They are freaking delicious. I tell you, get them at Costco. They're great. I usually just bring one of those and a sandwich. Today I had a Capri Sun that I stole from my children. That was pretty good. And some coffee. That was about it. Not I had, too much,
0: just enough to keep me going. I have a, I had a ton of bars left over from my elk hunt, like uh, energy bars and stuff. Oh so yeah, yeah. I'll bring a, I brought a couple of those with me, but for the most part, I didn't really need to dig into my stash uh, too much this year. Um, so, just real quick, why don't me and you uh, let's like we'll just volley back and forth of if you're. If you're having a hard time, let's just throw out reminders. We're not trying to educate anybody, you know, or tell them something we are, you know, they already know, but I, I do feel like we should, you know, just, it's good to have reminders out there, right. As far as what we should be doing this time of year, the rut is, I mean, it's almost peak breeding. So the rut is happening right now. What should we be doing? I'm going to let you start.
1: Uh, the first thing I'm going to say, and I know you just said you don't like doing this, but sit all day. I cannot tell you the last two days how much movement I saw between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. A lot. A lot of movement. Really? These last couple days. But yeah, sit all day. I, I saw, I passed a nice three-year-old buck yesterday at like 11.30 in the morning, 11.45. He came just tearing through the woods on a mission, grunting, dogging around. Um, saw a bunch of does, Saw young, young bucks chasing today about 12, 1230, one o'clock. So I would say the first thing, if you, if you can stick it out and sit all day, do it because there's a lot of midday movement happening right now.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So that's my all first right. thing, man.
0: I just, I don't know. Like I've, I've never been into that. Uh, I, I
1: haven't either, but oh, I tell you that last couple these last couple years i mean i did three all day sits in the last four days and i feel great honestly like I, and i think part of it is because i've probably never gone more than two and a half hours without seeing deer somewhere yeah. uh during those three days i mean that definitely helps break it up but uh yeah i don't know man i haven't uh, i haven't hasn't bothered me at all i know the older i get the more i enjoy those all dayers
0: oh wow Okay, well, I am going to say, you know, we all need to know what is the rut. It's breeding, right? So where are the does? The bucks are going to be where the does are at. If there are not any does there, yeah, they may cruise through. But, uh, you know, don't, don't waste your time on hunting places that there's not even any does there. Right, So I would take a step back and try to locate a doe group and or maybe a specific, maybe even down to a specific doe. If you know, you know, hey, man, there's a, a deer has been coming out. These does have been coming out on this trail all year round. I need to focus on that. So my goal, my my thing I would like to say is find the does and there will be the bucks.
1: Yeah.
0: Something yeah, very I simple. Understand-
1: yeah, it is a very simple thing that a lot of us just don't even sometimes think about um, because we're so, you know, in hunting, there's kind of these, uh, I don't know, things that are in vogue or trendy, right? So I was talking about, like, tree saddles a little bit ago. That's kind of a trending thing right now. Yep. One of the trending things the last couple couple years is the whole run and gun, bump them and dump them, hang and bang, whatever you want to come up with this week for, like, scouting these buck bedding areas and moving in on these buck bedding, buck bedding, buck bedding that, that a lot of times people overlook figuring out where the hell the does are at because that's the most. Right. right. Betting right now, bucks are laying down in the middle of the damn woods and they get tired, you know, and then they're getting up and going to the doe bedding areas. So that's the key right now. Right. Uh, with that, I would say like thickets, I, uh, man, these bucks are getting into these thickets and just bird dogging through there looking for does so thick cover, which I know sometimes is a pain in the ass to hunt because you can't see very well. Um, but I definitely have noticed that for sure. And I would, I would say, you know, you, you talked about it earlier is calling, you know, my calling hasn't been very effective here lately. Uh, it seems like all the bucks that I'm seeing right now are with does trying to call one away from a doe is all but impossible. Not totally impossible, but, Pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but man, if you see if you see a buck, if it's by himself and not with a doe, very susceptible to calling right now. But what I would say, what, what a lot of people underutilize is the freaking bleat call, the estrus bleat, a can call, or just a doe bleat. Like everybody wants to grunt, everybody wants to bang the antlers together and try to get them over there. But I have this time of year, I have much better response to a bleat call than anything else those Uh, bucks are looking for love right now like would you rather go fight some dude that you've probably been fighting for the last couple weeks already or would you go chase women around i mean they're they're looking for chicks right now so i would i would start with the bleat first if you see a buck by himself because that's what he's looking for is does if that doesn't work doesn't get his attention then you start you know crashing the antlers or, or you know, snort wheezing or grunting at them and see if you can get them to respond. But bleak calls have, have done me very well over the years.
0: My, that's one thing I don't even have in my bag of tricks. I like, I don't do, I've never, I think I maybe have had one young deer come into a bleak call. Um, however.
1: But the thing is you probably don't ever use it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know? I, I don't hardly call at all anymore these days. Uh, just, I don't
1: like to blind call much. I usually only call the deer that I see. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, let's see, and you know, just kind of going back to, going back to what I said about finding the does. You know, just taking one step into that. You know, yeah, the does are. You know, the bucks probably aren't in an, a. Uh, A traditional bedding area this time of year but however the the does are the does are still going from a like they never really come off of a bed to feed pattern they're not making a ton of like they're not making a sign they may visit a scrape but they're not gonna you know they're not going in these huge circles like a buck is to try to locate a doe they're going from a bed to food pattern so when in doubt find a bedding area find a transition area find a staging area find a food source and hunt from somewhere between point A to point B and you know don't I guess don't overthink it it's not as it's not as difficult as a lot of people say it is sure and then and I agree then, yeah and then and put and in then, the time
1: you know yeah i mean if you can find a good travel corridor a pinch point a funnel in between where you believe two good doe bedding areas are and you just set up on it i guarantee i guarantee if i had the right wind and i picked the stand that i hunted today and i sat it for three or four days in a row on the right wind all day i'm gonna have a shooter buck come through there at some point It's one of the best pinch point funnels on this farm. It connects two doe bedding areas. I mean, I saw deer movement all day long. You know, unfortunately for me, this is a stand that we just hung this year. And a lot of the deer are moving a little bit behind it. And they're moving in one spot that I didn't trim to because I didn't realize they were moving there. So the next time I go there, I need to bring my pole saw and I need to trim like Three branches down. I've had nine deer in the last two days that I sat that stand go in the exact same spot. But I guarantee another, if I sat that two more days, I'm going to have one of those shooters come through there. Right. It's almost a guarantee. And if you could find one of those spots, like I know everybody is always like, oh, you know, you, you don't want to hunt a stand too much because you're going to burn it out. And I think that's just one of those cliche things that everybody says because everybody says it. And yeah. I just don't believe it, you know, especially this time of year, if you've got good access, good entry and exit, if you've got the right wind direction, why can't you go hunt it two, three, four days in a row? I mean, right. you're not, you're not hurting anything. You know, These deer are moving like crazy right now. I mean, I've done that plenty of times and still seen lots of good deer activity right. in these stands. So right. I think there's a lot of these uh, kind of cliche things in hunting that, People say it because everybody's always said it and I don't think it's true. And I think that's one of them.
0: Yeah. I think that especially this time of year where the deer, the especially the bucks, are at their dumbest, right? Oh yeah. You can yes. get you can get away with I don't I don't want to say murder. Yeah, murder. Right. Uh I don't I don't know. Like this is the time of year where accidents happen, and what I mean by that is a guy belches and a two hundred incher walks into him. You know what I mean? Like he does
1: not I'm gonna try that the next
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like just yeah. out of nowhere, crazy shit goes down, and uh, I don't
1: know. I I had this stupid two year old buck that came in, and I was being an idiot trying to film him and just moving in the stand. And he busted me at like 10 yards and I'm in like a bean pole of a tree and he was on the uphill side. So we're like, eye level at 10 yards and he's staring at me and he's downwind to me. So he smells me. He sees me. He's looking right at me, but there was a buck in a doe up the hill. He had to go past me to get to this buck in this doe. And he was like, he didn't know what the hell to do. He was like, should I run? because there's a dude in a tree with a bow trying to kill me or, but I really want to go up there. So he was like paralyzed and he ended up just circling my stand and going up there anyways. I could have shot him at any point. He wasn't a deer I wanted to shoot, but like he blatantly saw me moving in the tree and didn't even freak out because he was like, I don't even care that you're there because I know that there's a doe on top of this hill and I want to get up there and I, I don't even care that, that you're here. I'm, I'm just going to go. Right. Right. Yep. That's, that's just the time of year that it is right now. They're just, like you said, they're at their dumbest.
0: Right. Absolutely. But that does not mean that you can be dumb too.
1: No, of course not. Yeah. Yep. So... Although, pooping out of your tree stand, is that considered dumb or not dumb?
0: I had my safety harness on, dude. So... I don't know. Yeah,
1: but there's all these people that like <laughs> freak out about scent. What about all the scent people? Uh, like the guys that did pee in bottles.
0: Yeah, well, there's a
1: lot of those dudes out there still.
0: Yeah, I uh, I peed in a bottle once, and then I didn't find that bottle until turkey season. So, um, and then I was like, I'll never pee in a bottle again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, screw that. So I just let it rip. Yeah, and I I've never
0: let, had let a the pee rip. With it. Let the P or number one rip. Let the number two rip if need be. And, uh, you know,
1: just. uh, So what do you do with the wipe after you sky dump? You got like a like a like a sandwich bag. You put it in. You pack it out or what?
0: No, man. I got I got got it down on the ground. I got three kids. Right. So I have uh, these biodegradable baby baby wipe thingies. So all you got to do is just after the hunt, kick some leaves over top of it. You know, or maybe then that's when I'll do the heel dib. You know, throw the heel, kick it kick it in and then throw the but I haven't had to do that in a couple of years because I know my I know my body, right?
1: You know your limitations. But but you can't always predict. Sometimes things happen.
0: Yeah, you're right. And sometimes they do. But uh, well good
1: I will also say to those people out there that are gonna do all day sits, dress warm. Dress warmer than you think you're going to need to dress because sitting out there for 12 hours straight, if you get cold, you will leave. You will start looking for excuses to leave. Yeah. So just dress warm. Yeah. Put on an extra layer. I wear bibs. When I do my all-day sits, I'm a big bib wearer where I'm usually not any other time. Um, but when I know I'm going to be there all day, I want to be freaking comfortable, man. Right. So a nice pair of insulated bibs, plenty of disposable hand warmers extra charger for your phone in case you need it and sit all
0: day Amen well my friend I think uh, I I hope that what this podcast did was motivate people to I don't know to just get through the rest of the rut and uh, and uh, just ba- basically get a kick in the butt for for anybody yeah. who still hasn't tagged out and you know like you know what they're right more than likely, uh, people have already shut the podcast off by this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's motivated me to call in sick, to work a little bit more the next week, and piss my wife off a little bit more the next week, and go hunting. That's because right. I'm on a mission. I don't like late season. It's way too cold for me. Right. So I really want to try to kill another buck in the next two weeks.
0: Absolutely. So I, uh, I agree.
1: Motive motivation not just to kill a deer but just so that i don't have to hunt in december
0: yeah that's a that's a big deal like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt december just because i can use a muzzle loader late season muzzle loader tag and i can bring my bow with me uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a try this year if if i if i can locate something worth shooting uh but i don't know Uh, i could just be feeding you full of shit too and i i could just say you know i'm tagged out i'm gonna I'm not going to burn any bridges this year and save all the, the, the bridge burning uh, for another time.
1: I understand.
0: Well, thank you very much for taking time to do this, man. I appreciate it.
1: It's been a pleasure and congratulations again. And by the way, I just listened to your podcast as I was driving out to go hunting the other day with you and Ryan and the story of, of your deer. Thank that was you. a, that was a cool podcast. again. did a nice job. Brian is great with all of his uh, doctorly knowledge that <laughs> he drops on us about pathogens and other cool things. He's one Like, of, man, that guy's awesome.
0: He's one of the smartest people I know. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I know. I was listening to it. And I was like, I want to be that guy.
0: And there you have it. Huge shout out to Justin for taking time out of his uh, trip home to chat with me and us about uh, basically some rut reminders. Uh, Huge shout out to all of you for taking time to listen. And huge shout out to all the people who sponsor this podcast, straight up sponsor this podcast. Exodus, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, Ozonix. Thank you. 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 And more podcasts coming this week the rut is in full blown mode right now don't be dumb don't forget take a a moment at your truck bring your safety harness with you and uh our our friends at hunter safety uh, systems are reminding us all to wear your damn safety harness have a good rest of your rut